Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the program. I'm Rabina Ahmed Huck, and this is On Point. So as we do at this time, every Monday, we're going to go to Tom Korski. He's the managing editor of Black Locks Reporter to find out what's happening in Ottawa and what are the things that we should be concerned about when it comes to our taxpayer dollars, what's going on with our politicians. Uh, Tom's always got his finger on the pulse. Tom, welcome to the program. Thanks, Rabina. So this story blew me away. It's on your website. A federal agency invested millions in a green energy firm accused of profiting from slave labor in China. Can you tell us what's going on and what big pension plan is involved with this? Yeah, these are your pension funds through the mandatory Canada Pension Plan program. There's an investment board that is mandated to invest all those pension contributions from 21 million workers in our country to ensure the CPP can pay adequate benefits to retirees. Problem, they have made some unusual investments over the years. In this case, they bought $4 million worth of shares in a company that's registered in China that's in the solar panel business. This company is named in, in the Human Rights Report for employing subcontractors that use slaves. Big problem in the solar panel business, it's not widely known, Rabina. Uh, more than 40% of polysilicon used in the manufacture of solar panels comes from one particular area. It's called Xinjiang, a province in China. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Xinjiang's been cited not only by the House of Commons for genocide, but by Amnesty International. You name it, this is the place where they have persecuted the minority Uyghur Muslim population in that country. Subcommittee of the Foreign Affairs Committee right here in Ottawa has said it is the largest internment of a minority group since the Holocaust in Germany during the war. That's where we're putting our pension money. Mm-hmm. CPP Investment Board has testified, Rabina, they say, look, we look to maximize returns, but you know what? They have a code of conduct that would make Jesus weep. They talk about ethical investments and principles. They pulled the same thing on climate change. They had a former CEO used to talk about climate change. Then we found out all the Chinese coal mines, they were investing money in very strange operation, the CPP Investment Board. And they were saying, um, you know, they say, quote, we are responsible for anything that is in our portfolio. So what are they going to do now? Are they going to divest all these shares? Is $4 million worth of shares that they have in this in this company? They don't have a choice. Buy something else. But, you know, there's legislation. There's private bills have been introduced and are pending in the House and Senate where MPs and senators have said, you know, this has to stop. Just stop it. If you can't ensure that there is no slave labor component in goods that are imported into this country, when in doubt, leave it out. There have been MPs saying, you know, for instance, imported cotton. A lot of that comes from this province in China. Tomato paste, who thinks when you buy tomato paste in a grocery store, a lot of tomato paste is sourced from contractors in this area that is cited for genocide. It's, it's 
everywhere. How are consumers supposed to know? But the CTP Investment Board is supposed to know. It's their mandate to know. And they're mm-hmm. the ones who boast about their code of conduct. Yeah, it's just like any, you know, when a politician is found to have invested in a company that they've uh, campaigned against, you know, the, the if they campaign on climate, cha- uh, climate change and climate change efforts, but then they're seen to be investing in companies that don't have very strict climate change uh, policies, uh, they're seen as being hypocrites. So it's it's the same uh, it's the same kind of um, attitude that we should have when it comes to where um, the CPP Investment Board is uh, putting their putting our money that we're going to hopefully depend on when we retire. I wanted to uh, move on to the next story. Uh, the Department of Employment granted dozens of permits to foreign massage therapists that were working as migrant labor in Canada, laborers in Canada. Um, but then th- their employers were not checked for links to human trafficking. This story just gives me, um, it just, it, it, it really does strike me to the core because to me, it, I, you would think that these are probably some of the most vulnerable people that we're bringing into this country and then not checking as to actually what work they're doing when they get here. Can you tell me what's happening with this uh, criminal investigation or lack thereof? Absolutely. Uh, this is a Labor Department, Department of Immigration. And they have doled out uh, over 60 of these permits by their count. They were asked, and this document was tabled in the House of Commons, so it's not, it's not sources said, it's an official Government of Canada record. Why would we need any foreign massage therapists in Canada? The Canadians are capable of doing that, but they have them. And the question was asked, by the way, Rabina, these questions were asked by Liberal MPs. This was not opposition haymaking. Liberal MP said, what's with this, this category of uh, migrant labor permit massage therapist? Are you kidding me? What investigations have been done to make sure this is on the level? To which the department replied in writing, none. We, we didn't do any investigation. We just approved the permits. Uh, you know, nine years ago, cabinet changed migrant labor regulations to say that you could not, believe it or not, this was legal until 2013. Uh, where uh, strip club operators would bring in foreign migrant labor. Are you kidding me? That actually happened in Canada. Cabinet put a stop to it. But not this category, massage therapist. These are liberal MPs saying at the very least, do your homework, send down the labor inspectors, find out what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that the government's capable of checking up on uh, people who are entering the country. We know that from uh, the beginnings of the pandemic. If you uh, were told to quarantine, they were phoning you on the phone to make sure you were home. They can do the same thing, uh, especially when you're when you're thinking about people who are coming here. They may not have language skills. They may be vulnerable uh, just to make sure that, you know, they are safe and that they are doing the jobs that they were meant to do when they got here. Um, the next story you have, uh, speaking again about the Freedom Convoy, the Federal Privacy Commissioner is being asked to determine if the Freedom Convoy bank freeze compi- com- uh, complied rather with an act of parliament. Can you tell me what's happening with that? There's a lot of talk about how the money of these uh, uh, mem- of the Freedom Convoy participants was frozen uh, in the days after the event happened in January. Yes, yeah, legitimate questions. And this was, in fact, posed by one MP, uh, Adam Chambers, who was not uh, an outspoken advocate of the truck drivers. But there is a Privacy Act, and it's it's an act of Parliament, and it guarantees that uh, uh, personal information, social insurance numbers, names, addresses, email accounts, telephone numbers, bank account numbers, cannot just be blacklisted and shared uh, at will. There's a supposition, Rubina, that actually happened. 
When the RCMP compiled the blacklist of Freedom Convoy sympathizers to have accounts frozen, and there were hundreds of accounts frozen to a value of about $7.8 million, there was no limit placed on what could happen with that information. There was no restriction on how long the information could be stored. In fact, General Counsel for the Bankers Association actually testified in committee, said, oh yeah, we can flag these files in perpetuity. That will always be on those people's files, whether they were active participants or not. Were there any mistakes? We didn't verify, said the Department of Finance. Did it comply with the Privacy Act? No one knows. You know, it was interesting in the case of credit unions, there were so many depositors who were freaked out by the account freeze. These were people who had nothing to do with the Freedom Convoy. Millions were withdrawn, according to the CEO of the Canadian Credit Union Association. A lot of people did not know that the cabinet had that authority. Here you have an MP saying, once again, pending all these other in inquiries, did this even comply with the Privacy Act? It's a good question. So the people who deposited money that you said were freaked out, uh, did they not know that they were they were depositing money to support the the individuals that were going to Ottawa at that time? It, 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 was that confused? Were they confused about that? No, it was worse than that, Rabina. There, there were in the case of the credit unions, there was a blacklist the police compiled based on Constable Bob walking down the street, <laughs> writing down the, the license numbers of trucks that he saw. But then there were cases where the Bankers Association said they had individual members compile their own lists. We know in one case, there was a federal bank called Farm Credit Canada, Farmers Bank headquartered in Regina. They sent specific instructions to staff to send us the names of any clients you hear who may just be saying interesting things about the Freedom Convoy. It turned into a real witch hunt. In the case of the credit unions, they said we had millions withdrawn by depositors who never gave a dime to the truck drivers, had nothing to do with the Freedom Convoy. They merely heard on the radio that Cabinet had authority to freeze accounts without a court order or notifying a depositor. This was something like out of Romania. And that's what got everyone upset. Wow, that is really interesting, the sort of uh, the side stories of everything that's happening with the Freedom Convoy. I mean, it's one thing to to freeze the accounts of those who were involved and collecting money and obviously are now under investigation, in some cases are in jail, but it's another to be uh, looking at the accounts of people that had nothing to, to nothing to actually do with that event whatsoever. And um, it sounds like uh, it sounds like uh, there is definitely some breach, um, uh, breach of privacy there uh, if, if, if people are taking their money out because they're so worried about it. Uh, Tom, thank you so much uh, for joining the program and for bringing us up to date on what's happening with Ottawa and always uh, having your finger on the pulse there. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ravina. That's Tom Korski. He's the managing editor of Blacklock's Reporter, uh, bringing us that latest news from Ottawa.